Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you, Dan? I am great, Jenny. So we recorded yesterday, and for our avid listeners, uh, it was the episode where I was talking about my cherries coming in, right? My cherry orchards coming. I'm selling cherries today. I made my first $20 bill. My Dan. wife and son are out there measuring cherries, weighing them, I mean, and uh, I'm- This is your version of the farmer. summer lemonade stand? Is that what it is? Uh, yes, I'm officially a farmer now. So life is good. Life is oh, good. Oh my goodness. Well, let us know how that goes. We'll post it on our like Instagram or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for our guest today. I've heard so much about specifically the Rex roundtables before, um, not only from you, but from people who have participated in it. Um, really cool leadership group. And you actually have some uh, knowledge of our guest. You are very close with her, or at least you know her better than I do. So I'm going to let you do a little intro of our yeah. guest today. Tell us a little bit about her. Yes, yes. I am really, really happy and honored to introduce Alan, Allison Flatley. Now, I actually met Allison years ago at like URSA conferences and speaking and so forth, but more recently through the Rex Roundtables, where she's doing a great job. She has a lot of experience in the fitness industry, folks, over 30 years. Uh, she's had executive positions at LNT Health and Corporate Fitness Works so at an executive level. Uh, she also, uh, let's see, served on the board of directors for URSA, chaired the Business Industry Sector Planning Committee, and contributed to the National Physical Activity Plan. And she's a professor and on and on and has spoken at many, many events over the years. But really what I, we're going to dive into a bit here today is uh, the pioneering she did with kicking off the Rex Roundtables for Executives Women's Leadership Group. Welcome, Allison. How did Welcome. heck did you get to where you are now? Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for having me as a guest today. I'm honored um, and uh excited. So uh, how did I get where I am today? Um, I always knew from a little girl that I wanted to be in health, fitness, medical, something health. Not sure why, but just remember early on, always wanted to be involved in health and medical. Um, grew up in a family that health physical fitness and sport was something you did every single day. It was like brushing your teeth. And then I got to college and I realized there were a lot of people that did not have that foundation of health activity and sport. So I quickly gravitated to health promotion um, and really promoting healthy behaviors, healthy habits, physical fitness, sport activity, and uh, 
kind of one thing led to another. So uh, that's been my passion for 30 plus years. And uh, now my greatest joy is helping young leaders, young women grow and expand um, and really find their place in what I think is a phenomenal industry. I love that. Now, did you ever, were you ever a personal trainer at all, Allison, or did you work directly with clients at any point? I did a little bit of personal training. I will tell you that uh, at one point, you know, just as when you're running a business and running a company, when you do well, people say, hey, you know, you do this. So at one point in my career, my owner said, Allison, you develop a personal training program for us. And I went, oh my goodness, I have no idea personal training. So at that stage, I did some research. I said, sure, let me do some research. Let me figure it out. And I looked to those that were really leading the industry on personal training at that time. Um, It was uh, Bill Kaplan. Michael Scott Scudder, um, oh, PT on the net. They had some mm-hmm. uh, great resources there. And I was like, okay, I did, you know, three workshops with each of them, took tons of notes and came back and said, I like this out of that person's program. I like this out of that. And then I developed our personal training program. So that was kind of my start with personal training and ran it for a little while and then passed it off and moved on to something else. That's awesome. And then you started, how did you get into like working on boards and stuff? I'm always interested how people get to like the point where you're now advising either organizations or industries. So like the board with URSA or the sector planning committee, like how did you get into some of these board roles? One thing I'd say is when you're, um, starting out in your career, say yes a lot. So just always volunteer, get involved, say yes, because if you're known as someone that's always going to say yes, and that's going to help, then um, you'll get asked for things. Um, I also think that I had two great mentors and leaders with Sue Liebenau and Sue Torok, and they were constantly putting something in front of me. Um, You should join this board or, and then I joined my regional association in the mid-Atlantic region and did that for a couple of years. And then they said, you should join the international board. Um, And so they always kind of put something in front of me to strive for. Um, And that was, you know, I was always up for a challenge. I like that. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of opportunities, lots of different boards, lots of different advisory committees. So I love that we're going to hear some of your experience with some of these. So I do have a question, though, with your experience in leadership in the fitness industry, you served on so many boards and like several different aspects of this industry. What are some of the biggest takeaways that you've gotten from these roles or like things that you've impacted? I would say the biggest takeaway is the relationships. 
that you develop as your problem solving, as your guiding, as your setting strategy for an organization, that takes some detailed conversation. And those board members, as you walk through all the iterations, all the opportunities, all the strengths, weaknesses, you develop strong relationships. So I would say that's um, um, really my biggest take home from being on boards um, that are industry related is those uh, uh, relationships. Other boards that you can do within your community, I think the biggest take home there is also relationships, but it's relationships with lawyers or bankers or accountants, kind of specialties that aren't my specialty, but now I know people and they can either refer me or ask questions. And I can't tell you how many former board members that I've worked with that have called me and said, I need a personal trainer, or can you recommend a gym? Or so it's, it goes both ways. So it's a great opportunity to uh, kind of develop and strengthen relationships within your community or industry. Nice, nice. And, you know, there's probably something as far as, you know, just feeling like you're giving back at a, at a, at a level, you know, I, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to admit it. I've never done it. I've thought about it for years, but just little stuff, school board, you know, athletic board, something in town uh, to be able to give back to your community. Uh, and, and I would think that'd be a great way to start at a local level and kind of get your feet wet. Absolutely. One of my favorite board positions was Girls on the Run. Um, it was a board position in Northern Virginia where I raised my kids. And I was a parent that brought my kids to 5Ks and did turkey trots on holidays. And I'm sure my kids would roll their eyes, but that was just something I did with my family. And when I got involved in Girls on the Run, I started coaching and I was uh, leading elementary school girls on empowerment programs via activity. And it just happened to end with a 5K. And I remember uh, um, asking at the training, you know, what happens if you have a girl that can't finish the 5K? They're like, we've never not had a girl. And I'm thinking, I know some of the girls that are in my team. I know they haven't come close to walking a 5K. And they said, trust us, go through the curriculum with them. They will be so empowered to do that. But what helped with that situation is these, some of the girls, their parents would have never brought them to a 5K. So I was kind of helping the parents as well with their activity. So it was so rewarding. Oh, that's super bad. When you said that, girls, girls uh, with, uh, what is it called? Girls on the girls Run. Girls on the Run. Yes. And there's chapters all over. I oh. just happen to be Northern Virginia, but it's a phenomenal organization. Girls on the Run. I love that. I'm going to have to look into that because I love yeah. things like that. That reminds me, I used to volunteer for a group um, through the Florence Crittenden Foundation here in Phoenix called Girls for Change. And we would go into the different high schools 
And uh, mostly they were underprivileged high schools. So I went to one in central Phoenix where um, it was mostly non-traditional students. So we're talking about kids that were from underprivileged families or for example, kids that had babies in high school and couldn't finish the traditional route. But it was a small, small school right by Phoenix Country Club. It's not there anymore. But we used to go in and every semester they would do a project. They'd pick a project that impacted their community. Like we want to do a park cleanup or we want to do this. They chose the product project. And then we were just facilitators to help make sure that they touched base with the right people to get the project done by the end of the semester. And it was so, so rewarding. So that's awesome that you're doing things like that. So there's, there's opportunities everywhere for people to get involved with things like this. Yes, yes. And I, everyone that I know that has ever served some organization, you say you get more back. And it is so true. Love it. Absolutely. So let's let's switch gears just a bit here. Uh, for the listeners, Allison is wearing a polo that says Rex on it. Uh, Rex Roundtables for Executives. And you are the co-founder of the Women's Leadership Group. And correct me if I'm wrong, but according to, I think it was Club Insider that did a, a, a spot on you and your team, you call yourselves the Iron Maidens. I can, can you tell us about that? Tell us what inspired you to create this platform and how you're helping females, you know, in the industry? Absolutely. Iron Maidens, they came up with the name. It took us about six months, um, you know, until they were all together to um, kind of invest and want to cement a name. But it is such a great group of women. And Dan, it was great to have um you lead us in a group activity uh, in Dallas a few months ago, but we've we've grown since then. We've added three more since oh. uh, we saw you, so it's uh, growing quickly. So we'll have more Iron Maidens out there. But uh, I many times in the industry would attend events, and I would be the only woman there, or one of a few women. And um, you just kind of take a deep breath and you wanted more women to be there. And uh, so part of me um, starting this Red Rex Roundtable is to give an opportunity for women to come together and really help each other grow, help each other grow their mindset choose big goals, exceed in life, exceed in business, whatever it may be. And um, it's uh, even within the short time that we've been in session, the dialogue and the intimate conversations that the women are comfortable talking about, whether it's growing their business or helping them with a personal issue or how do they talk to their owner that's all over the map, you know, in the sense of leading? So it really is a safe place for the women to help each other become better, to grow, to achieve their dreams. Love that. So you mentioned growing and you guys talk a lot about the growth mindset. What does the growth mindset mean to you, Allison? And how is the Rex Roundtable helping people really grow into that mindset? Great question. Um, I think the first thing as a leader is recognizing your own personal strengths and contributing your strengths and your expertise to a group. 
but then also recognizing no one knows everything. Um, and we all can learn. So as the women contribute, it's peer-to-peer -peer learning. They learn from each other. And Rex is a huge network, 300 clubs. So if there's something we don't know in our roundtable, we can reach out to other roundtables within the Rex community because somebody has gone through what you're going through and tap into those resources. So I think it's um, gross mindset within Rex, we talk about three agendas. And when you get together with your colleagues, the first thing you typically talk about is how your kids are doing, how you're feeling, how's life, how's the farm, how's the cherries growing, all of that. <laughs> but it takes a while before you really talk deeply about your business, about your personal training clients and helping that business achieve. So at Rex, we talk about three agendas. The first agenda is kind of operational stuff. Um, what is it that quick answers to operational issues? And I will tell you, recently it, it's summer. So how do you work with staff who um, want to wear short, short, shorts, you know, it's an operational <laughs> issue. It's easy to solve, but, you know, it takes sometimes a sounding board in order to um, put the policy in place and to be comfortable enforcing it. Um, so operational issues is ag agenda one. Um, the second level agenda is really strategy and culture. Um, kind of your process improvement things, things that you'll do in your business to make it better. Um, and then the third agenda is leadership, and it's personal leadership, um, learning about yourself, knowing your blind spots, um, learning to trust your coworkers and trust your team so you can do what you do well. Um, and really that honesty within the business. So we try and um, do activities and exercises to get the conversation to second and third agenda. Because when you make a change or you get better in second and third agenda, your business grows, your life grows exponentially. I mean, those operational issues are fun to solve. They're easy to solve, but they really don't change the trajectory of the business. Fair. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes I feel like most people get, would, would you say that like people who are in the high level in like fitness clubs or health industry, they kind of get stuck on the operational stuff. They're more worried about that versus the stuff that potentially matters more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, it's time for another ISSA rapid review. We get all kinds of feedback on our personal training course. Evelyn said she absolutely loved it. And Michael Mendez said this was an awesome program worth the hustle. Thanks, Evelyn. Thanks, Michael. So uh, Allison, you know, we uh, have had just a number of great guests here on the podcast. And one of the themes, in fact, that came up on our last recording was mentorship and finding someone to, whether you're investing in it, which, you know, for quality, you probably are in, but at the very least, finding somebody to, to mentor you in whatever it is you're trying to, to learn. 
Um, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of two questions here. The, the, the group that you lead, it's not you teaching people, it's you facilitating and the experts are all around that table. So you basically have a team of mentors. And then if you could expand on that, just for the listeners, so they know what the heck we're talking about. And, you know, maybe somebody goes, oh, I want to, you know, get on one of these roundtables, maybe just high level, talk a little bit about Rex so that there's an understanding of what it is. Yeah, no, great. And you're right. I am the facilitator um, of the conversation. Rex has hundreds of tools. So depending on the discussion, what everyone's talking about, my job as a facilitator is to bring the tools to um, the group. But yes, for them to share. I like to relate it to a board of directors. So if you're leading an organization or an association, you want a diverse board. You want all different types of people, all different ages. You want to get feedback from a diverse population. So when you think of your Rex Roundtable, it's really your board of directors. It's a group that can give you feedback on things you're thinking about, things that you've implemented but have gone south, or that group can help you celebrate. So they're kind of your board of directors. There's a great exercise, and I do this with a lot of people, which is, if you had a business problem, who would you call and write down three names? If you had a business success, who would you call? Write down three names. If you um, were having a financial crisis, write down three names. And then, I, you know, after a few more questions, have people look back at their list, cross out any family member. And then people's lists get really small. And we love our family. And family can give great advice, but they're biased. And so this group is kind of your non-biased group to give you feedback and to really help you grow. And when you watch it in action, um, it is wonderful. I, there's one story where a woman was having a crisis in the locker rooms and we listen, people problem solves and somebody stepped back and said, I'm not sure this is a locker room issue. I think this might be a parenting issue. And, you know, it's, it was like, yeah, but it was things that, you know, people can kind of give you the feedback. So I hope that helps, but it's, it's your um, advisory board. Right. And, and so uh, for the listeners, Rex Roundtables, it's led by a gentleman named Eddie Talk, fantastic human. I cannot remember the name of the guy that started it. Uh, that, Will that, Phillips. Will Phillips. And uh, like Allison said, there's 300 clubs that are members all over the world. It's, it's a global organization. And once the club is a member, then they have an owner's a group. They have a general managers group. I believe, Allison, most of your members are general managers as well. Um, several, they have a marketing manager group, a personal training group, which is the one I'm involved with. So it goes all the way down from the owner to the directors of marketing and membership and personal training and really sharing best practices. 
Absolutely. And I would say if you're an owner, an operator, and you really want to give an opportunity for your staff, um, have them, if you've got a leader that you really want them to grow, you see them as your shining star, get them involved in a Rex. And if you're an owner and operator and you want that board of directors, check out Rex because there's lots of different groups depending on um, kind of what you're interested in and what position you have and what your ultimate goals are. Yeah. And I, I love that we're talking about this because Dan and I often talk you guys about to people that are in the industry that are working directly with clients or managing clubs. Um, what Allison's talking about here is the, the overall leadership and the development and the advancement of all these facilities, right? It's not just the trainer that's working with the client, right? It's not just that group exercise instructor that's running a class. There's leadership above them and the, the leadership oversees that staff. And then there's leadership above them that oversees the managers. That's how these facilities operate. That's how this industry operates. So what we're speaking about today, I love that we're having this conversation. It's for those people that might be starting off at the bottom of the triangle or the pyramid, you know, that starting off as fitness professionals, that group X instructor, somebody who's directly working with clients, but you see that there are other paths in this industry. You don't have to stay working with clients if you don't want to. There's opportunities, you guys, to make change in this industry, to oversee these facilities or a whole set of clubs, right? Some of these organizations like LA Fitness, Gold's Gym, they have hundreds, if not thousands of facilities that that's who these people that are sitting at the table are, the people who oversee larger aspects of this industry. So there's a lot of different opportunities. And Allison, one thing you've done is speak at a lot of industry conferences, again, with that level of authority, like that different perspective than that fitness professional who's on the floor. Can you tell us about some of the major memorable moments you've had, like speaking to in the industry, speaking at conferences and these different platforms? Um, what have you gotten out of it or what are some awesome things that you've been able to share? Um, I've done a ton of different topics. So, um, but one of my favorite is always uh, customer loyalty and leadership. And I had the opportunity to present in Brazil at Fitness Mercado. And um, I needed a, a translator because, you know, I don't speak What do you mean? You don't speak Portuguese? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, a and, but it was an all-day session. And I thought, um, I can't do an all-day myself with an interpreter. So I packed in my suitcase balloons and um, spaghetti and marshmallows. And I had the whole room doing talking about something, but then we did an activity for it. And it was phenomenal. Everyone, I don't think they've ever experienced anything like that. So that <laughs> was definitely something that uh, um, was a great memory um, in leading that. So nice. Yeah, lots of different international conferences. That's awesome that you mentioned Brazil. Um, what was that conference for specifically that one? It was a uh, Fitness Mercado. So it was for owners and operators, trainers in, um, uh, you know, the South America market. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. People seem to forget like fitness clubs are not just in Canada and the U S right. They're in pretty much every country. And to some degree, even when I was in Costa Rica, Dan, one of my favorite places to go, they have curves is really big there. 
Curves is not really a thing in the U.S. anymore, but guys, outside of the U.S., Curves is like the thing. And they kept trying, all the expats there kept trying to get me to open a Curves in Costa Rica. So that's my well, that's my retirement plan right there. <laughs> my, so my wife and I, 15, 20 years ago, I think closer to 20, we owned a couple of Curves franchises. And when Allison was talking about getting involved and, you know, getting and and with, with women's organizations, what was running through my mind is the many times that I thought that I could talk my way into going in there and training and getting them inspired and getting them worked up and put my trainer hat on. I got to tell you, I was voted off the island every time. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a crash and burn. I quit trying. <laughs> you didn't have enough estrogen oh. for the party. I did it. I tried, man. I tried, I tried everything, but no, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Allison, uh, you know, in your bio and in when we connected prior to this, you mentioned being involved with the Women in Fitness Association. Can you share a little bit more about that and what those projects are and what you might be involved with in that organization? Absolutely. I'm a member, so I don't have any title or anything specific. I'm just a raving fan. And for any woman in the industry, it's inexpensive, it's really affordable, and they host member calls. So it's a Zoom call with all women. And to be on a Zoom call with, you know, 35 women, some of them are smaller, some are huge, um, is so empowering. But hearing the stories of how the women have um, gotten involved in the industry or how they've gotten into their positions. It's a lot of personal trainers, a lot of group exercise instructors, a lot of coaches, a lot of um, health coaches. So it really is very diverse. And they bring in speakers on a quarterly basis. Um, some really top-notch leaders have spoken um, but it's a great opportunity to kind of get to know women in the industry. They do a um, Zoom chat at every meeting. So after the meeting's over, you go into a chat room and you can exchange information with four or five people, really get to know them and uh, be resources for them. Um, and they also have, since you asked, Dan, a mentoring program which you can sign up for. And I've opted in, it's a, a quarterly, where you opt in for the quarter and they connect you with another woman. And then you have questions to help each other with. There's a topic and it only lasts for a quarter. And then the next quarter, you either opt in again or you get a new person. And I, I wouldn't say I do it every quarter, but I do it frequently. And it's been phenomenal. I learn as much um, from the women that I've connected with as, you know, they say they learn from me. So um, it, it's, it's a great opportunity for women. Sounds like it. That's amazing. And again, a lot of these 
things that these associations, these different opportunities, a lot of people don't know they exist. So I'm really glad that we're shedding light on these so that people see that, again, there is another path in fitness. And when we were talking to Ashley Conrad the other day, Dan, remember when she said sometimes the best disruptors are people who come from the outside. Yeah. So to yeah. people like this is my biggest takeaway from our conversation with Allison is if, if you're somebody who's listening to her, like, oh, that'd be cool to be in leadership or to be able to impact or oversee a whole chain of gyms. But I don't think that's me. Why not you? right? Sometimes you might have a perspective that they don't have, or if you've ever complained about something, and I'm sorry, every person in fitness has complained about uh, something, right? There's always something, but if you, instead of complaining about it, how about we provide a solution, right? Ashley was talking about that too. Instead of complaining, bring a solution. And maybe that solution is, let me get into a position where I can actually impact this thing or whatever it is that's bothering me or making me crazy right now, right? Um, so I, I love this. I think it's a great conversation. I'm super excited to get to meet you, Allison, and really cool, cool to hear about the way that you're uplifting women specifically, because most people think of fitness as a, a boys club, right? Let's face it, guys, a lot of business, a lot of industries out there are dominantly run by men. Um, there is a place at the table for women, and we just sometimes have to kick the door open. And I feel like that's what you're doing. So it's awesome to see. I applaud you 100%. Oh, thank you. It has definitely been a pleasure to meet you and uh, great to see you again, Dan. And uh, uh, if I can be a resource to anybody, you know, definitely feel free to pass my contact information, Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N at rexroundtables.com. I'm also active on LinkedIn, so you can uh, connect with me there. And uh Shoot me a message. I'm happy to guide or tell you more about Rex Roundtables. Love it. Thank you for offering that. Do you have any social media profiles that they can follow you on or just the LinkedIn is the best place? LinkedIn is the best place for me. Perfect. Perfect. It's all right. Dan doesn't have an Instagram going either. <laughs> we'll get you It's out one. there. I just don't know what's on it. It might've been hacked. You by should now. post your cherries, Dan. I'm just saying you could probably- They're on Facebook. They're on Facebook. Find me on Facebook and you'll see my cherries. Better take a picture of that $20 bill. My first There you money. go. Put it on the wall, right? That's right. Dan, do you have any takeaways to share with our listeners today before we wrap it up? Well, two things. So the first is I love how Allison said, say yes a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot, uh, you know, you've heard a lot about boundaries and being able to say no. But I wholeheartedly agree with Allison, especially when you're developing your career. Uh, you know, you... I kind of feel like you have to earn the right to say no. It's like building your business as a personal trainer. You're going to, you need to be there from when the doors open until the doors close and you take a client at any time until you've earned the right to say, these are the hours I work. So definitely a lot of yeses. I love that. And I'm actually going to ask a question just as before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you, Alice, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you say to the ladies out there, the females out there that think, you know, I don't think I can get there because it's a male dominated industry or because I'm female or because, you know, looking at it from that lens, what do you say to them? You can achieve anything. Um, it's just finding the right people to hold your hand and uh, walk you through the door because um Take it. I will say this: the best part of our industry, the fitness industry, is we're helpers. So there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help, and so find those people 
and they'll help you get through the door. Because sometimes walking through that door is scary. But if you're holding someone's hand and get through the door, it's it's there's it's a great industry. It's a great career. Um, and uh, if you you're hesitant because you don't think it's a great career, I would tell you you haven't met the right people. So find uh, those right people out there. I agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. No asking, no giddy, right? If you want to be a fitness exactly. manager, ask don't, how you yeah. get there, right? If you want a mentor, ask somebody. Ask. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask, definitely. And take advantage of, you know, if you're traveling somewhere to uh, Costa Rica or wherever it may be, um, visit people in that area. Look at who you know in that area on LinkedIn. Connect with them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in town. Can I come by and see your club? Um, you know, I had some great mentors that told me to do that. And, you know, I remember calling Joel Cerulli in Gainesville and he sat down, had lunch with me, told me about his club. And I was so nervous, but, you know, I wanted to hear about the best club that ends up on Inc. Magazine. So, um, people are definitely willing to help in this industry. So Love it. Yep. Ask, ask, ask. Very nice. Well, thank you again so much for joining us, Allison. This has been a really cool conversation. My pleasure. Yes. And Dan, as always, thank you for joining me. So excited that you get to take part in these Rex Roundtables. Um, keep let, keep filling me in. Everything that you're learning, pass it on down. <laughs> and soon I'll be on one of those too. Just you wait. Because um, again, no asking, no getty. I'm going to ask. So I love that. And uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Hopefully you got a lot out of this. But just remember, my biggest thing for you guys, why not you? Okay, there's plenty of space at the table and why not you? So go out there, do all the things, be fruitful, guys. Um, Grow, uh, find the things that you want to do in this industry and then go get it. And as always, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon.